0: For Monday, December 13th, it's the early word from the WNYC newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson with a look at this morning's top news the day ahead and reporting highlights from the WNYC news team. Coming up, with the Fed's going after hedge fund insider trading, Ilya Meretz examines the wiretapping of Wall Street. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. From the
1: WNYC Newsroom, I'm Lance Lucky. NATO security measures are being called into question after an explosives-packed minibus blew up at the entrance of a joint NATO-Afghan base in southern Afghanistan Sunday. Six U.S. soldiers and two Afghan soldiers were killed as they prepared to head out on patrol. More than a dozen American and Afghan soldiers were wounded. South Korea says four sailors are dead, 18 are missing, and 20 have been rescued from a fishing boat that sank in the Antarctic Ocean. Foreign Ministry and Coast Guard officials say the 614-ton ship with 42 sailors aboard sank early Monday, about 1,400 miles south of New Zealand. Veteran diplomat Richard Holbrook remains in critical condition at a Washington, D.C. hospital after surgery to repair a torn aorta. The 69-year-old special envoy for Afghanistan and Pakistan underwent an additional procedure Sunday to improve circulation. At least four weather-related deaths have been reported as a major storm system moves eastward through the upper Midwest. Nearly two feet of snow fell in parts of Minnesota. The partial collapse of the roof of the Metrodome postponed the Giants-Vikings game The teams will play tonight in Detroit at Ford Field. Governor Patterson vetoed a bill over the weekend that would have made New York the first state to ban a form of natural gas drilling known as fracking. Instead, Patterson signed an executive order imposing a moratorium on a particular kind of fracking until July 1st. Kate Sending of the Natural Resources Defense Council says she wishes Patterson had signed the bill banning fracking altogether. We
0: think that convinced him that this bill would have a much broader application than in fact it was ever intended to do, and so he decided he had to veto the bill for economic reasons and issue an executive order instead.
1: Proponents of natural gas drilling say the ban would have cost state jobs. They hope the moratorium on horizontal fracking will be lifted once the drilling technique has been further evaluated. The city is expected to announce new guidelines today for granting tenure to teachers. Tenure can be granted after three years' probation, though principals can put off the decision for another year if they don't think a teacher's ready. Ninety percent of teachers who qualified for tenure this year got it, but the union says 40 percent of new teachers left before they came up for tenure. Earlier this year, the state legislature passed a new law creating four categories for evaluating teachers, from ineffective to highly effective, instead of two categories Satisfactory and unsatisfactory. Mayor Bloomberg is capping off several days of national media appearances by helping to launch a new group for political independence today. As WNYC's Anna Sale reports, he's a headlining speaker at the kickoff event for the group called No Labels.
2: No Labels, but a lot of boldface names. Stars from politics and punditry will be at the group's launch at Columbia University. Bloomberg will be joined by Senators Kirsten Gillibrand, Joe Lieberman of Connecticut, and Evan Bayh of Indiana. New York Times columnist David Brooks and MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough will also speak. About 1,000 activists from all 50 states will make up the audience. Their stated mission, getting over party labels to push past ideological gridlock to, quote, solve problems, an echo to Bloomberg's calls for common-sense solutions. And while Mayor Bloomberg continues to adamantly deny any plans for 2012, it's clear the No Labels Group is gunning straight for it. Also in attendance at the launch, the college Republicans and Democrats
1: from Iowa and New Hampshire. For WNYC, I'm Anna Sale. Later today in Trenton, legislators will vote on a bill that will cap police and firefighters' annual pay increases to just 2 percent for the next three years. As WNYC's Bob Henley reports, local governments have been pushing for such a cap for years.
0: Police and fire personnel are prohibited from striking, and so they have binding arbitration. Under existing rules, arbitrators don't have to take into account the actual fiscal condition of the municipalities. As a result, local electeds complained contract settlements were often well above the rate of inflation. That, in turn, they say, helped push the local property taxes ever higher. Today's legislation was a product of a last-minute compromise between Governor Chris Christie, Senate President Steve Sweeney, and Assembly Speaker Sheila Oliver. Throughout the state, local governments, faced with sliding revenues, have laid off police and firefighters. The New Jersey PBA said a recent survey of local departments indicated an 11 percent force reduction due to both attrition and layoffs. For WNYC, I'm Bob Henley.
1: Taking a look at today's calendar... Factcheck.org hosts a conference called Cash Attack 2010, political advertising in a post-Citizens United world. That's at the National Press Club. President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama deliver remarks, and then the president will sign into law the Healthy, Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010. And this afternoon, President Obama welcomes the NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers to the White House. No word if he's going one-on-one with anyone. Just a few things happening this Monday.
0: Isaac Davy Aronson back with you here on The Early Word. And for well over a year, prosecutors have been investigating insider trading in the hedge fund industry. Last month, the FBI searched the offices of several funds in the tri-state area and arrested and charged a New Jersey man. And they say there are large networks of information peddling yet to be uncovered. WNYC's Ilya Maritz reports prosecutors are using a tool that makes some people on Wall Street very uneasy, wiretaps. Usually when the FBI listens in on phone lines,
2: agents want to hear about shipments of cocaine or mobsters ordering hits on their rivals. When they tapped Don Chu's line on July 14th last year, they got something different, earnings figures for a technology firm in Silicon Valley. Dull stuff? Not to the FBI. They say they heard Chu, a research consultant for hedge funds, give earnings information about that tech company to a hedge fund client seven days before the tech company publicly released the information. So the hedge fund had a week to trade stock based on information others didn't yet have. It's the textbook definition of insider trading. It's on tape, and it makes white-collar defense attorney Andrew Frisch very uncomfortable. It's
0: America 101. You only use as intrusive an investigative technique as wiretaps when you need to.
2: You hear this a lot from defense attorneys. They say wiretaps were intended to track businesses that don't keep detailed financial records or pay taxes.
0: Like drug trafficking or espionage or racketeering. You can sort of think of the conversations that John Gotti and Sammy the Bull Gravano had at the Ravenite Social Club.
2: Now... Not many hedge fund managers get mob-style nicknames or meet in social clubs in Little Italy. But U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara says it's time to junk the unwritten rule that says crime on Wall Street gets treated differently. When sophisticated business people begin to adopt the methods of common criminals... We have no choice but to treat them as such. That was in November 2009. The FBI had just arrested 14 people on charges stemming in part from secretly recorded conversations on prepaid cell phones. The previous month, they charged one of America's wealthiest men, Raj Rajaratnam, the founder of the Galleon Hedge Fund, with insider trading, again using wiretaps to build their case. Anthony Barco is a former federal prosecutor who now directs New York University's Center on the Administration of Criminal
0: Law. What happened here, I think, was that white-collar prosecutors who tend not to come across ongoing crimes came across ongoing serious crimes.
2: Either through an anonymous tip or because they noticed irregular trading activity. Prosecutors reached for a tool they've seldom, if ever, used in an insider trading case, wiretaps. Now, all wiretaps require a judge's consent based on evidence. And if you can get one, Barco says, it's the best way to monitor any crime in progress.
0: When you record people for a long time who are engaged in misconduct, you tend to get some pretty powerful evidence. And it's largely irrefutable because it's their own voice. They're recorded and they can't say they didn't say it.
2: Using wiretaps also sends a message to the industry as a whole. If you're doing something that even sounds like insider trading, knock it off. Tim Selby, president of the New York Hedge Fund Roundtable, believes his members welcome these probes.
0: I could say the community in general is all in favor of weeding out Bad apples?
2: Because, Selby says, they tarnish the industry's reputation. But the investigations could also undercut a central selling point of hedge funds, their edge in trading. Hedge fund investor Neil Berger says hedge funds want you to think of them as smarter and faster than the other guys.
1: But a lot of managers have claimed that that's their edge, is that they just have better connections, they have better relationships with management, they have better relationships with the supply chain.
2: Perhaps the pressure to perform led some people to cross a line, though Berger doesn't think what Don Chu allegedly did is all that common. Since last year, wiretaps have helped the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York obtain 24 arrests and 14 guilty pleas in insider trading cases. Last month, a judge ruled recorded phone calls may be admitted as evidence in one of the planned trials, a decision that's sure to be challenged by defense lawyers. They say, with emails, trading records, and other documents available as evidence, the feds have no reason to listen in on people's phone calls. For WNYC, I'm Ilya Meritz.
0: We'll wrap up with the gig alert. Our look at tonight's music scene. Classically trained percussionist Sean Carey released his debut solo album, All We Grow, this fall. Carey worked on the album for two years in between touring with the indie folk band Bon Bear. Carey performs tonight at Chelsea's Highline Ballroom. You can download this track, In the Dirt, for free on our culture page, just click on culture at WNYC.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, WNYC.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Have a great day.